Beyond the Headline with Aldrin Sampia on SAFM. Weekdays, 3 to 6 p.m. We're taking your calls on 086-000-2032 and your voice notes on 0614-104-107. And you can also drop me an X at Aldrin Sampia. We're in conversation next with the Deputy Minister of Health, Dr. Spong Senitlomo, um, who has been applauded after saving the life of a fellow passenger who was... Um, experiencing health complications aboard a flight. Lomo was on a flight from Durban to Cape Town on Monday morning when the passenger alerted him to a female traveller who was in need of emergency medical assistance. And uh, Dr. Lomo now joining us on the line. Dr. Lomo, good afternoon. Thank you so much for making time for us. I was seeing a lot of people responding to the story and saying that, geez, at least we get some good news out of a government official. Uh, so Deputy Minister, and now somebody else had said, sent through a voice note saying that, well, this is part of his character because there was once a time where he asked his protectors to stop along the side of the road where there was an accident to go and assist the people who were victims of that accident. So seemingly, um, Deputy Minister, this is you. Nothing out of the ordinary for you. Good afternoon, Adrian, and good afternoon to your listeners. In fact, I would imagine most of us as healthcare workers should prioritize uh, the medical emergencies that you find along our space. It doesn't matter where you're going. If you are delayed into that meeting and that meeting because you had to really assist on the medical emergency, uh, so be it. But this time around, it was unexpected on the plane when we're all airborne that uh, we could then have to assist uh, a fellow passenger alerted by the crew that there was a challenge of health complications uh, so I was really um, fulfilled that I was available and ready to assist what, in whatever way I did. And uh, but, uh, very interesting, <laughs> Adrian, uh, when I heard from the crew that the, the pilots were checking how the situation should they divert the, yes. the, 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 the aircraft for early landing, having established and stabilized the patient, <laughs> I, was able, I was very clear to say to the pilots, and when I came to Cape Town, I said to the pilots, Hey, I was able to give instructions to the pilot. I'm ready to <laughs> I said to the pilot, no, continue. I think I'm under, it's under control now. Uh, it was about an hour to reach Cape Town. We should be able to land safely. And uh, that's how it happened. <laughs> yeah, I, I think both you and I, um, Deputy Minister, are unqualified uh, captains. <laughs> so unqualified <laughs> pilots. But we can give instructions. Uh, but but t- t- take us back to how this how, how this played out so you were sitting in your seat and then what yeah. happens you are mid-air i was sitting right at the back and uh, I, I probably couldn't hear it and one of the passengers sitting behind me who knew i was a medical doctor told me hey, there's a challenge in front they look like the crew needs your help so i rushed in there and i found the patient who was i mean a passenger was not in a good shape a bit uh, it was unconscious and nobody knew what was happening we, uh, we tried to check in her purse if there was anything uh, that would indicate and give us an alert we didn't find anything so we erred on the side of putting an oxygen on and really get a person to breathe i could check the vitals that were able to pick up the pulse and check the the, the heart and then look into the eyes and see if there's a... So I could see the patient was conscious, but uh, I mean, was unconscious, but uh, mm. able to respond if I do and really make a stimulation of squeezing that uh, uh, the body in the main way of stimulating with pain. So we then had to put some glucose water 
and the patient then after some few minutes started waking up and therefore I kept on looking into the vitals, the pulse, the, uh, and looking into the heart rate and all the issues and looking to the color of the patient and also warming up. I mean, I must really thank a lot of uh, passengers around us because I borrowed all their jackets to warm the patient up yeah. and also ask them to t- tone down the air conditioning in the plane. So as I was actually every 20 minutes able to write a report, compare what I saw 20 minutes ago with what I, this is what gave me confidence that, okay, we are now on a recovery. This patient will survive until we can land safely in Kenya. Yeah. And um, when the patient gained consciousness and you were sitting, I don't know, sitting, standing next to them, what did they say? So firstly, we are very grateful to some of the passengers that were able to move out and therefore use the three-seater for this one patient with the passenger had to lift up her feet so that we could actually encourage more blood flow into the head and the and the heart. Mm. And then uh, then the patient started uh, sort of waking up and she did in, in, uh, volunteer that she's diabetic. And then you look around, where is your medication? No, no. She said then the medication is with her, but on the luggage <laughs> that was uh, in the plane, so you know, airborne, there was no way we could actually go and get her medication on them. Uh, on this, uh, but I could we could err on the side to say this is uh, more hypo, not hyperglycemia. It was more hypo, lower sugar. So that is why we had to actually push her sugar levels up, and then we suddenly noticed that she was really waking up, and that was giving us hope that we're on the right track. Unfortunately, we didn't have all the gadgets like a glucometer to physically check what is the sugar level in terms of uh, numbers. But uh, our clinical uh, sort of observation and what we intervened with was guiding us to say we are on the right track and she is improving. Yeah. Do you think that there is a need to have um, those small facilities available to be able to pick up um, the the sugar levels and so forth? Because I remember, was it um, the Minister of, of Health, sorry, the Minister of Home Affairs, uh, Dr. Arun Mutualedi, apparently during one flight, I think from the Eastern Cape, um, also experienced something similar where he had to assist a patient? Yeah, I'll probably encourage you to say, maybe for all doctors traveling, please carry a stethoscope along. It may not be guaranteed that the aircraft will have. But number two, I would encourage if aircraft should really have uh, those glucometers, they may not know how to use it, but it will assist us and be very handy for us to use the glucometer to check the sugar level. And probably a blood pressure machine uh, just to be on a safer side because uh, it just gives us a confidence. Uh, but what I hope they're not going to ask me what airline. Uh, I mean, just to keep, to keep one or two blankets in an yeah. aircraft will also be a good thing. I mean, uh, that would be that could go a long way to some of the patients who otherwise you can just see them shooting down so much on the temperature. Uh, so warming them up with the blankets and all that could also assist. So, uh, I mean, Deben to Cape Town is quite a reasonably long flight. It's not like we were from Cape Town, Deben to Johannesburg, which is quite a short one. Yeah. Two hours going that way could actually become a challenging time if you really experience, especially 45 minutes into the plane, you would need to really get some support that will stabilize you on these issues. Yeah. No, thank you so much, Dr. Spongseni Lomo, Deputy Minister of Health there, and well done. That is what we call a batupili. Um, 0614-104-107, and you can also drop me an exit, Aldrin Simpia. I'm just reminded now that um, there's a politician whose stepson um, died actually mid-air 
um, and um, the flight had to be diverted because of the medical complications and then eventually the person the person lost their lives but at least here um, the deputy minister was able to save a life let's take your voice notes 